You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 10, recorded the week of November 23rd, 2020. To episode 10 of season two of Customer Perspective. So that must mean it's our 25th episode. So I'm thinking Silver Jubilee of Customer Perspective. Anyway, so the Ipsos podcast series that's aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise to customers. So we're talking customer experience, channel performance. If you're responsible for the performance of brands, sales, service channels or functions, and their role in delivering customer success, then you're absolutely in the right place. I'm Helen Wilson. I'm the Global Chief Experience Officer for our Ipsos Customer Experience and Channel Performance Business. So it's me and Trevor Clark back in our host seat today. And we have Nico Fritis, who's our Head of Customer Experience and Channel Performance in LATAM in our hot seats. So we've done the Grand World Tour last week. We were in the USA and we are hot footing it to Chile today. We're talking the forces of customer experience in Latin America, the science of strong relationships. So first off, hello, Nico. Hola, Helen. Hola, Trevor. So, Nico, tell us about the science behind building strong relationships in LATAM. What's that all about? Well, you know, this year uh, in Ipsos, we were publishing uh, a paper uh, behind trying to explain everything about uh, what what is the real importance on how you can create uh, strong relationships between brands and customers. Here in LATAM, it's always been very focused on the functional side, you know, making the brand work and how companies are able to meet the needs, be reliable and uh, deliver the functional side of their service. But after the pandemic or while the pandemic, we've been, we've been seeing that it's not enough trying to just feel what the, what the functional needs are. And we really think, and this is what our paper has been showing us, that you need to bring the emotional side and that the way you build strong uh, relationships with customers, it's, it's by combining both the functional and the emotional attachments. That, that is the real relevance and what we've been trying to explain with the new paper that we're publishing. So based on that, it sounds like there are a lot of unsatisfied Latinos or maybe merely satisfied Latinos. Yeah, uh, totally. You know, uh, we, we went out, we did a lot of surveys, more, more than 8,000 uh, surveys around the region. We did Mexico, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Brazil, Chile and Argentina. And what we did is we went out and we spoke to the, to all of the Latinos around the region and we tried to understand where, what were the important things behind uh, building strong relationships. The first thing we found was that 32% of everything, everybody who was interviewed are people who are unsatisfied with their brand. You know, there's one third of the people that today they feel unsatisfied with the different services that, that they're receiving, which is, uh, I would say, pretty, pretty complex. So the, what, what really comes after that, it's try to understand how we can uh, build on top of that, because there's another 38% of clients who say that they are uh, functionally satisfied. So if you ask them, are you satisfied? They say yes. 
but they also say that they're satisfied with the rest of the brands uh, around the ones that they use. So there's not really a strong uh, bondage between them and, and the different brands. And what we found is that what really creates a difference between those clients that are only satisfied and the ones that have a special, a special attachment with the, with the brand is that those ones that are able to create the emotional uh, attachment. And that being trust, forgiveness, uh, brand closeness. There's a 27% of client, uh, of clients that say that they are emotionally attached and functionally satisfied. So it is a big group that leaves lots of opportunity. And then the question is, how can we move them up the pyramid? How can, how can you work towards building an emotional and functional attached clients? Well, that, that is the question for ages, because here in the, in, in the region, when you look at the way we've been thinking about customer experience, usually we found that we fi- you find inside of the questionnaires and the, and the things that companies do, you find lots of different things that have to do with the uh, functional attachment. Uh, did you get the package at the, ra- at the right time? Were you able to find all the products that you were looking for? But, but today we find out that, that it's not enough. You cannot explain emotional attachment only by those uh, functional drivers. So what we try to do is that we try to find a set of drivers that help us uh, explain uh, how you can move uh, upside inside of the, that pyramid. How, what are the key drivers that create emotional attachment? What are the, the high retention and share spend and, and advocacy and, and, and those drivers that can help you create that, that special uh, bond between brands and customers? So that's how uh, we, we ended out uh, finding out that there's uh, six forces or six drivers that explain the, how you can move up and down this, this pyramid. They, they speak about the fair treatment, the status, the certainty, the belonging, the idea of control and enjoyment. And what we found out is that these drivers can really create either barriers or be uh, motivators of the different uh, levels of the emotional and functional attachment. So, Nick, can you explain that we had done this research in Latin America and that we've just put a paper out there? Thinking back to when we launched this framework back in May, when we were covering different markets, give us that Latino flavor. What are we seeing in LATAM compared to what we've seen in some of the other markets we've researched? Firstly, when we look at the drivers in UK and Europe, the higher importance of the forces that rank higher had to do with fair treatment and status. Uh, but when we look at LATAM, it's a different story, you know? There's a cultural thing about uh, forces. So for example, if you wanna compare different countries and let's say, let's compare Brazil and let's compare Chile, who have a totally different culture. Uh, Brazil, it's all about uh, belonging. Uh, it's one of the most important forces there or the most important forces there. While in Chile, it's about certainty. You know, in, in Brazil, the culture is it's about, you know, being all together. It's about making you feel part of everything that is happening there. So brands also have a saying in, in that sense. While in Chile, uh, Chileans are way more boring than, than Brazilians. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Helen, but they call us the British of Latin America. You know, I'm going to say uh, that's a compliment, Nico. I, you don't need to say sorry for that. 
Yeah, yeah. Some people say it's it's a good thing, but here it's about certainty. And it's super interesting because we've seen brands here that have been suffering because of, of, of the way they tackle certainty. You know, one of the most important retails in, in Latin America has been suffering uh, here in during the pandemic because they haven't been able to to deliver the packages in time and fulfill their promises of Uh, of bringing the products into your houses. But as that's happening all over the region, the, their problem is way more important in here in Chile because we're very squared. For us, whenever you commit to something, whenever you need to find that certainty for the Chilean culture, that it's something that you were not uh, going to be able to forgive. So you're going to find super big differences between the forces inside of the different inside of the different countries. Let me give you a third example, Peru. Peru is a country who's been growing and who's been giving uh, middle classes access to uh, uh, services in the last 10 years, like probably no other country in the region. They have had a success story in the last 10 years. And, and in Peru, status is the one that it uh, ranks uh, at the top. And this is because Those uh, different segments today that have been granted access or they've been able to 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 have uh, services that they hadn't had in in the past today they want to have that uh, premium you know that premium access they want to have uh, some specific or different or preferential treatment whenever they call the call center whenever you are in line they want to have the access on the preferential line on site so it's all about Uh, people that are having access, but today they want to feel special about how they relate to the different uh, brands and services. Thanks, Nico. Really interesting to hear all the differences between countries. Can you take us through some of the different sectors? Can you give us some in-depth examples on the forces in your markets among industry sectors? Yeah, absolutely, Trevor. You know, we went through uh, nine different sectors, covering from auto insurance, general insurance, everything that has to do with, with auto, uh, banks, hotels, e-commerce, retails, uh, supermarkets, and telecommunications. And we found out uh, different rankings for the most important uh, forces in between them, you know? Uh, I think it's interesting to see uh, auto insurance, for, for example, because it's one of those uh, services that usually you, you get, but you don't want to use. You know, you, you don't really want to crash your car. You don't really want to use your your insurance. So whenever you have to use your insurance, it's all about the this idea of fair treatment. You've been paying for something that you don't want to use. But when you have to use it, you want to get that service that it's up to the point that really delivers on, on your expectations that have been uh, dealt. So uh, they rank uh, at the first in, in that idea. Uh, you can compare that, for example, in telecommunications. In LATAM, telecommunications have uh, expanded a lot. Uh, there's way, way more phones than people here in the region. So it's it's all about that premiumness. It's all about having that, uh, that special access. If you want to call the call center, which is Uh, something really complex at this time. Uh, you want to you want to dial your number and you, you want to have that premium access, you want to have that differential uh, access. or today you want to have the possibility to chat with someone on, on WhatsApp. 
that it's only available for those clients that, that have been tagged as premium. And for example, you can add uh, what I was explaining before, uh, these retailers that have had uh, a tough time during the pandemic, uh, they are trying to give the control back to the clients. Control ranks pretty high in retail. Uh, brands that are able to bring back the control to customers who at, at the beginning of the pandemic were very nervous trying to find the different products that were nervous that maybe some of the, the products were going to run out. Uh, you, you are not going to be able to find them. But now that everything is sent to your homes that, or that you're dealing with different types of apps, these companies have been focusing on how they can give the control back to you, how they can put you back in the driver's seat in order for you to have, uh, let's call it uh, a normal uh, shopping experience while you're at home. So, Nika, you've described this framework and clearly I'm completely biased because I, I genuinely think it's brilliant and I've seen some of our clients put it to such great use. Um, you talked about the drivers, you talked about how to build emotional attachment. Coming back to the practicals, how are you guiding your clients to use this in, in both the measurement and indeed the management of customer experience? Well, I, I would say that there's two sides of, of this. There's one side that says uh, something that is pretty straightforward. Uh, you need to put the forces inside of your trackers. It's nothing really complex. It's, uh, let's say, a small amount of, of questions that, that, you, that you need to uh, embed into your trackers in order to get the, the customer's information. So afterwards, you can take the proper actions and start thinking of, of the clients, not only in the functional way, but also open your mind into the emotional side of things. After that, it's, it's about the analytical side of things, I would, I would say. So the first thing it's about diagnosing. So assessing the performance, uh, and impact of the different forces. So trying to understand which are the forces that are more important to your business problem, to your brand in your category and compare that, uh, to your competitors and be able to, to, to create a plan. You need to be able to prioritize. You need to understand. Uh, what is happening today and where do you need to uh, spend your money in order to uh, close those different gaps that you have already identified to, to deliver on, onto the brand uh, promise. And after that, you need to go back to the designing board. You know, you need to go back into the drawing board and, and start working on your journey and think on how you can get the forces right uh, in terms of the, the customer journey, in terms of what the, the clients really want to really want to get, you know. For example, uh, we were talking the other day with with a customer of us that that works in in online shopping. So you know they they are doing great at this time. Huh? They are selling like crazy uh, with the pandemic and everything. But also this is a moment of a lot of stress because clients go in, they try it, it doesn't work, why will they come back? Why will they give you another opportunity? They're going to find something else and they're going to move on. So it's super under, super important that you, you can get it right the first time, obviously, but also understand what are the drivers, which are the, the, the key forces that drive this relationship. For example, for your customers, certainty is something super important. Well, maybe you need to look very clearly 
uh, about the way you present the different uh, lists of products that you explain, the way you you search the different uh, products, the way you make the client know if there's stock on that product before you put it inside of your cart, give the client all the information about the delivery dates. There's so many different sites where you can go in la- online and try to shop and you only get told that that product it's not going to be available until 30 days and only if there's a full moon. Uh, whenever you are just before you put inside, you just put in your credit card number. So if you don't think on how you, what are the key drivers in order to, to drive certainty, being certainty is something important, for example, for, for retails, you are not going to be able to optimize your customer journey. So I would say you need to understand what are your key drivers in terms of forces and afterwards go back into your customer journey and try to understand tactically which are the different things or different levers that you need to move up or down in order to create a smoother and frictionless uh, experience that help drive the the things that matter, you know. Thank you, Nikki. I mean, you've put it for it beautifully there. And I guess, you know, the reality is, is what you're describing is that the forces of CX should be at the heart of any successful CX improvement initiative all the way through from measuring all the way through to management, design, redesign and so on. So I guess I'm going to leave our listeners with one final question, which is an important question. And I hope you would know the answer to, but knowing from the conversations we're having with our clients, so not everybody does. And that's really the starting point in terms of you know, asking the question of yourselves, do you truly understand the forces that are at play in your customers' minds. And that, as I say, has got to be the starting point to work out where it is you need to make those improvements to drive that ever so important emotional attachment, that emotional attachment that fundamentally is going to deliver on the desired business outcomes that you want for your organisation. So I'm going to leave it there and say thank you so much to Nico. Trevor, it's been lovely sharing the sharing the floor, sharing the chair, whichever it is, with you this evening. But thank you, everyone, for your time. Obviously, if you'd like to find out more, then do check out the newly published paper that Nico mentioned. That's the Forces of Customer Experience in Latin America, the Science of Strong Relationships. It's available in both Spanish and English on our ipsos.com website. And of course, if you'd like to get in touch with any one of us, do give us a shout at customerperspective at ipsos.com. Thanks, Nico. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, everyone. Gracias. Obrigado. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. New episodes will be made available each week So be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you. We are also available on Spotify.